Hello, I'm Justin Hart, and welcome to this week's edition of the First Take Podcast. Today, I got a two-for-one special for you. We got two guests in one show. We got Jake Swanich from DNVR Sports, and then the coach, the Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett, uh, join me. He's also the color analyst on the CU Radio Network as we take a look back at the first season for CU under Coach Prime. But before that, let me tell you about our sponsor, Craig's Power Equipment. Now's the time to start thinking about snow, and Craig's Power Equipment is helping you prepare for it with great deals on Toro and Honda snow blowers, Balsen Snow X plows and spreaders, Oric stand on and walk behind plows, and we now carry Balmalite mini skid steers. Already have snow equipment. Now's the time to get it in. We got some cold weather and snow rolling in this weekend to Craig's for service. Box stores and the internet are not always cheaper and at Craig's Power Equipment, all purchases are service on-site and ready to go. Craig's Power Equipment, Wasatch at Vermaho in Colorado Springs. Welcome to another edition of the Fresh Take Podcast brought to you by Craig's Power Equipment. Joining me right now on the hotline to talk about CU football wrap-up of the 2023 season is none other than Jake Swanich of DNVR Sports. Good afternoon, Jake. How are you? I'm doing well, Justin. How you doing, my man? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, my first question, just just sum up this season in, in your words. Oh, man. Um, really, I think the best way it was said was Shane Cokes after the Utah game on Saturday. and That word was interesting. Um, I mean, it was a lot of fun. There are a lot of points that weren't fun, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, dramatic ups and downs, um, some great football, some terrible football, uh, but overall was always interesting. Uh, every week something was always happening. Um, some weeks were much more eventful than others in terms of, you know, just what other coaches and programs were saying about CU and, um, you know, rivalries and stuff like that. But, man, it was uh, just an amazing year of just constant content and constant uh, storylines, really. Yeah. Uh, the big thing that needs to be put across to the fan base and, and, and just everybody in general in the, in the world of college football, that was a marked improvement this season compared to what had been going on uh, up in Boulder. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, that's the, I think that's really my word of the season is perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy for people who cover the game nationally or maybe cover another program or fans of another program or people who just don't really watch or consume Pac-12 football is you can easily lose perspective of, over the course of the season Um for a program like Colorado, who was literally the worst program in the FBS last year, um, they averaged getting beat by 29 points a game. They won one game, and they had just completely just nothing in the cupboards in terms of recruiting, in terms of talent on the roster. Um, so what Coach Prime has been able to do, just bringing them to four wins and just knocking on the door of bowl eligibility and having that hope this season, I think did a lot for the community, for the fan base, obviously for the program, but it's, 
Oh, you just got to keep perspective and realize that this is year one of a process of uh, who knows how long Coach Prime will be in Boulder at CU, but it's going to be much better when he leaves than when he got here. And I think that's something that we need to remember throughout this thing. And, you know, we didn't really have expectations, I guess, coming into the season. And there were a lot of people who were saying this team could compete for the conference and all that. Obviously, that that didn't end up being true. But this team 100% got better. Uh, there's a clear direction. There's momentum in recruiting. There's momentum within the fan base. Uh, the university has obviously just been better off because of it all. Applications have gone up. Uh, diversity within the city of Boulder and at the University of Colorado has been much better than it has been in many previous years. So uh, just keep perspective on where this program mm-hmm. has come from in this short amount of, short amount of time. Could- more have been done to rectify the situation with the offensive line this season, in your opinion? That's a tough question, man. Um, I Yes and no. Um, yes, because, look, there were some players on this roster who uh, ended up going to other programs and um, we're able to contribute some. I mean, maybe they weren't, you know, all conference players, but, you know, Casey Roddick, he actually left before Coach Prime got here ended up going to play for Florida State, a team who's deep in the playoff conversation, basically in a win-and-in position this weekend on conference championship weekend. Uh, Jake Wiley played a bit at UCLA. Um, He had his moments here at Colorado as well. Um, So it's – yeah, there were some guys that you look at and you go, man, if that guy just stayed on the roster, who knows, maybe they would have been a little bit better. But – you know, you look at Tyler Brown's situation. He wasn't really given a chance, obviously. He was deemed ineligible. Uh, they were counting on him all the way up until August when he was deemed ineligible. So that kind of caught them off guard. And then, you know, they just brought in these guys who we were all kind of hoping would make the jump that could play at this level who definitely had their flashes. And the offensive line as a whole had their flashes. You know, you think of the TCU game, uh, the USC game, um, you know, the back half of the season, I thought they played pretty well against Utah, all mm-hmm. things considered, even with Staub back there. So, look, it's there's a lot of guys making the jump, you know, from either JUCO or FB or FCS or Division Two, whatever it was, who are being asked to play at the Pac-12 level and go against some of the best defenses in the country. So uh, there could have been more that this team should have done with the offensive line, but also – I think it's, again, perspective. I mean, this is year one. I think they're going to be able to get a higher quality player in terms of the recruiting and the portal uh, this year along the offensive line. So it's all part of the process. Where does Coach Prime look at uh, for an offensive coordinator now that Sean Lewis has moved on? So three candidates stand above the rest in my eyes right now, and two of them are in-house. First one being the most obvious one, that's Pat Shermer. Uh, He's the guy who was given the reins after Sean Lewis was stripped of those play calling duties. Um, We saw some different things he was able to do. You know, you think of the Oregon State game, the Arizona game especially. And then this last week against uh, Utah, I thought was a pretty decent uh, showing by him as well. Obviously, we throw out the Washington State game. That was kind of just a snowball effect. You got behind early. Shador gets hurt. Uh, you know, two fumble returns, a kickoff return, that game was over, right? Right. But Utah, you saw him, you know, elevate this freshman quarterback in Ryan Staub uh, and make him look like a legitimate Power 5 quarterback. 
Uh, and then, of course, Brett Bartoloni, who is the wide receivers coach right now. He was JSU's offensive coordinator in 2022, had great success with Shador that season. Uh, base, he was basically the best quarterback in the FCS that year. Uh, obviously, he's taken a little step down, having to come to Colorado from JSU. But uh, he's been recruiting at a very high level, and this is a guy who played for Mike Leach at Washington State. He's coached uh, at multiple stops over the last eight to ten years or so, and I think he's someone that should be considered, and it could be more than qualified for the position right now, even though he's a younger guy. And then Byron Leftwich would be the other one. Mm. Uh, obviously, his relationship with Tom Brady uh, at Tampa Bay, and just you know working with Bruce Arians and all the NFL experience he has as a player, of course. But let's not forget, remember, he showed up in Boulder in August before the season started. And, you know, while that might have been just him and Coach Prime and all those guys kind of catching up and, you know, they obviously go back, uh, Shador and Tom Brady have a great relationship too. So that's just one, you know, kind of thread away from kind of bringing that all together. Uh, so I just think that those are your leading candidates right now. Some other names I'll throw out uh, at you that I'm just interested in. Uh, Brennan Marion, he's the offense coordinator at UNLV. He runs a pretty interesting offense. Uh, Dana Holgerson just got let go. Um, so there's there's some names out there, but <laughs> three of them stand above the rest for me. I love to see Dana Holgerson and his mother on the sideline standing next to Coach Prime. Mm-hmm. That would yeah, be awesome. It'd be, a, it'd be another head coach on the staff, too. I mean, yeah. that's what you got to think. So. Uh, quickly here, running out of time. Coach Prime named the uh, Sports Person of the Year by Sports Illustrated. How big is that for not only Coach Prime, but the CU football program, Boulder, and the state of Colorado as a whole? I mean, it's absolutely massive. Again, it just kind of puts in perspective, you know, how much has happened, how much has changed, and how much growth we've seen from this university, from this football program, from uh, the city of Boulder and the greater Colorado community over that time, you know, he's uh, changed everything for us. Um, he's brought in a lot of diversity, of course, to Boulder. I think CU, uh, in that article that Sports Illustrated put out, CU is up like 85% in terms of African-American applications to the university. Wow. Um, that's just, it's <laughs> unprecedented stuff. No one else can do that. No. No, that's so, unbelievable. <laughs> It's insane. I mean, he is literally, he's just a trailblazer in all sense of the word. I mean, he's combining cultures. He's bringing people together. He's inspiring. He's bringing hope. Um, and he's just getting started, too. So yeah. it was just a, a nice reminder of how far we've come, I think, over the last year. Well, Jake, we're, I'm sorry we're running out of time, but I'm going to get you on real soon, especially close to about, oh, say, uh, uh, December 20th. I think that's National <laughs> Signing Day. <laughs> so we could talk about yes, this uh, upcoming recruiting class for the early signing period. And the transfer portal opens up next week, by the way, on December 4th, Monday. So it's about to be a busy month of December for CU football as the 2024 roster begins to take shape. Jake, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Can't wait, Justin. Thanks again, man. Now we want to welcome in former CU head football coach, and I always like to th throw this in, 
Colorado Springs Sports Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett. Coach Barnett, uh, welcome in. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. And Great also, to be with you. Also, he's also the color guy. He's he's the man next to uh, the voice of God, Mark Johnson, on the CU Radio Network <laughs> as well. I had a lot of fun listening to both of you guys. In fact, I used to sync up the uh, sync up the TV with you guys' call all season long this year. It was uh, it was quite the experience. Well, you know, I I sync up Mark now with uh, basketball games, uh-huh. and uh, it's you know it's just so much more fun to listen to him call a game, yes, uh, either football or basketball. So I do the same thing. Yes, you get that. You get a more of a a personal feel than with the uh, national yeah. uh, play-by-play guys who they don't know as much as you guys. You know, they don't know the well, they don't yeah. know the intricate details like you guys know. Yeah, well, that's that's probably true. And um, you know, we we're talking to our fans, not to uh, the whole nation. So mm-hmm. uh, we want to make sure our people, our fans know. Uh, more about our team than what you could get from a color from a national broadcast. Well, Coach, let's get to this uh, season. Uh, it's finally over with a four and eight mark. The Buffs finish with, but that really doesn't. The record doesn't tell the story uh, of the season. Your thoughts on Coach Prime's uh, first season as head coach of the Buffaloes? Well, Justin, I think that uh, when I started going to practice and looked at. Uh, the team we had coming back and how much had been replaced and how it had been replaced. I, uh, I, I told my buddies, I said, you know, I think if he wins four, he's going to have a really good year. And, um, you know, we started off three and O oh, and I was, I was sort of backtracking. I was going, you know, I, I think we may get more than, than four, but the doggone, uh, Stanford game, I, I think, I don't know that we ever recovered from losing that game after mm-hmm. being ahead 29 to nothing. And I think if we win that game, um, everybody is fired up around Buffland because, one, we would have played two two other games or three other games with a chance to go to a bowl game. So I think that game took a lot of the luster off. Uh, I don't think it should, but I can see why it does. Uh, I mean, it took a little off of me, to, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, in in uh, one year, Deion Sanders has done more than any one coach in the country uh, could have done for their school. For their school, and you look at uh, the interest that's been created. You look at the dollars that have been spent, you, and not by us, by everybody else. Um, the, uh, what's happened with admissions? What's happened with the national? Um, uh, viability of our football program now and our school, not just our football program, but our school. And I talked to all the other coaches at the, at the university and they're all benefiting by the publicity that's been brought to Colorado because of Deion Sanders. And today uh, coach prime was named the uh, sports illustrated uh, sports person of the year. And that's just, that's just huge. That's one of the biggest honors you can get in the world of sports. Exactly. And, um, you know, can you imagine if we'd have beaten Stanford and, and picked up one more? How, I mean, it'd be going crazy. Yes. But it's already a little bit crazy. And <laughs> this, this is just going to help. 
this is just going to help. It's going to just more positive publicity for the University of Colorado. Coach, your thoughts. Uh, the biggest weakness and the most glaring weakness throughout the year was the offensive line. They simply could not protect Shador. What could have been done to rectify that, if anything at all? Well, it was hard to rectify it with the scheme that we were using. And, um, you know, you know, I think that, that we, uh, we struggled in both the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, I think we struggled in the defensive line. We didn't get a lot of, we didn't have a lot of plays made inside uh, on defense, and we certainly struggled with protecting Shadour on offense. Um, you know, everything's hindsight, and so you you can be twenty twenty with hindsight very easily. Um, we we couldn't run the football, and we became one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And when defenses find you one dimensional, they are they're having a feast. And that's what happened with us, is they just feasted on the fact that we couldn't predict Shadur. We weren't going to call the runs. We didn't have runs that would take advantage of their uh, how eager they were and their ears pinned back to get after the quarterback. So, for example, we didn't run a draw play the entire year. We may have won run one inside screen all year. Those are things that you traditionally would do to take advantage of all the pressure uh, or any pressure that somebody's going to put on you. Mm-hmm. But th- that's easy for me to sit back and say because that was part of my scheme, part of my philosophy. Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily part of the coaching staff at Colorado this year. And so they had other ways to take care of it. It just didn't seem like we were very effective to take advantage of the fact that everybody knew they were going to rush the passer. Did you expect the Pac-12 to be so tough? I mean, arguably the toughest conference in the country this season. I, I really did. Uh, there were so many great quarterbacks coming in, and when I would tell folks, I said, you guys don't know how tough the schedule is because it's probably the best year ever in the history of the Pac-12, and now the doggone thing's going to go away. But, yeah, I, I look at our schedule, and the, the CSU thing's always hard. Nebraska we knew it was going to be hard. TC was going to be hard. So getting to the Pac-12 uh, and knowing how difficult every one of those games were going to be, I did I did know that this was going to be a heck of a year in the Pac-12. So looking ahead to next year in the Big 12, do you think things get easier? Because all of a sudden, instead of playing USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington, you got the likes of like Central Florida, uh, uh, Houston, Cincinnati, uh, schools of, uh, of that of that nature with no Texas in Oklahoma? Well, I think in the long run it gets easier. But when you're coming off the kind of year that we finished with and having the uh, challenge that they have now as far as recruiting, we're, all, we're going into a, a place that takes football very seriously. Mm-hmm. We're coming from a league that, probably doesn't take it as seriously as it does in the league we're going into. So it's not going to be, you're right, our schedule is not going to be as daunting, no question. When you don't play those four teams, six teams actually, you're right, you've got a much better chance. But uh, understand the teams you're going to go in and play uh, have a great deal of pride in their football and in that conference. So uh, nobody's gonna, we're not going to march in you know, and, and take control of that conference. First of all, you know, Utah's coming with us, 
and Arizona. Both those two yes, teams, yes, <laughs> you know, beat us, beat us, and they're really good football teams. So, I, I think it is going to be different. It it should be a little more level for us mm-hmm. than what it's been, but you know, at the same time, we expect Coach Sanders to take us beyond level. We expect that to go to a point where we are the the number one school in that conference. And that is doable. Is it doable next year? Probably not. But it is doable over the next couple of years. With the new expanded playoff going into effect, would would it be kind of out of line or or, or crazy to think uh, maybe, you know, getting into the playoff next season? Well, that's a lot uh, because the – the two areas you're going to have to replace, O-line, D-line, mm-hmm. the, those those are hard. Usually those are done with guys who've been around for a while and have learned how to play that position. So, you know, if you recruit young guys, they're not going to they're not going to be dominant for a couple of years. Yeah, they're going to have to make some if hits in the to, portal. Yeah, and and but and that's the hardest position to find and probably to evaluate in the portal. Mm-hmm. So. Is it out of line? Well, you know, I would have thought maybe us winning six games would have been out of line, but there was a point in time when we really legitimately had a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. Coach, outside of the offensive and defensive lines, what other areas of the team need to be beefed up through whether it's high school recruiting or the portal? Well, linebacker spot number one. We end up moving a safety to linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not have a lot of luck with our linebackers. Um, so there, I, I think, becomes a really, really premium area that we have to fix. The other area is if we got to decide if we're going to play with a tight end or not because we don't have one in the program. Uh, I think we're good at receiver. I think we're pretty good at running back. Um, you know, we need another quarterback to back up Shadur. No question about that. But I think tight end – linebacker, O-line, D-line, if you could fill those spots, you'd have a heck of a year. What was your favorite uh, moment this season? Well, I think my favorite moment was a 92- or 98-yard drive against CSU Uh when we had to do it. I I mean, that was spectacular. That drive, that's legendary. Yeah, Brady mode. Um, Oh uh, yeah, whatever whatever mode it was, it was a heck of a deal, and uh, yeah, that was spectacular. That was about as good as it gets. Uh-huh. And, uh, that team, that was spectacular. Uh, one question off the CU path. I remember I was listening to you guys when you were up in Pullman calling the Washington State game, and uh, you were uh, speaking about the Air Force Academy. Your thoughts on on their season, a year where they started off eight and zero. Well, I got to tell you, I picked them every week, Justin, mm-hmm. in all of our uh, pools and in the, our pick'em segment. And then all of a sudden, they just, you know, they just fell apart. I thought they were, I thought they were a potential playoff team. I really did. Mm-hmm. Now, I hadn't seen them play. I just had seen their box scores and heard them and uh, all this sort of stuff. So I had not seen them play, and I don't know what happened. But they had a heck of a year anyway. Yeah, I think it's just a combination uh, of injuries, and and the schedule got tougher on the back end. Yeah, it did. And that's true with most teams that happens. But 
they still had a spectacular year, and I was so pulling for them to get into uh, not into the playoffs, but into a, a New, New Year's Six Bowl. Bowl game. Yeah, yeah. We'll find yeah. out where they're going to go on Sunday. Looks like they might be heading to the Armed Forces Bowl or one of the uh, military type uh, bowls once again. And my final question who are your four playoff teams? And I know it's a mess right now. At least the it committee. Is a mess, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, this committee has sort of uh, rewarded uh, the the um, uh, year, the, the schedule, mm-hmm. and rewarded the teams that have played well during the year. And I, I sort of am in agreement with that. I think it depends upon how the committee chairman starts the whole year. Is he saying we want the best four teams that uh, have a chance to win the playoff to be in the playoff? Or do we want the teams that have the best year, the four best teams that have the best year, to go into the playoff? So it depends on which way you look at that. i I got to think that Florida State is the only one uh, that I'm not sure about. I think Oregon is really good. Mm-hmm. I think for sure. I, I got to, you know, you got to go with, with Georgia, Michigan, and I think Michigan is the best team, Georgia, Michigan, uh, Washington and Florida State. They're the four undefeated teams. So, so I think you've got to hang in with them until something happens. So who do you like out of Oregon and Washington in the uh, Pac-12 championship game? I like Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that first game, Justin, and, and really Oregon lost it by going for on fourth down twice. And uh, if they don't do that, I think they win that game anyway. So uh, I like Oregon. It's hard to beat anybody twice and especially as good as those two teams are. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I'll tell you, two of the three top Heisman candidates are going to go at it. And that's, you know, it's just the way the Pac-12 should go out. Yeah. Very fitting for yep. what's happened. No doubt going out with a bang. Coach Gary Barnett, yep. thank you so much for joining me uh, this afternoon. I want to wish you a happy holidays. And uh, we will talk to you, I guess, when spring football rolls around. And that's that's going to be uh, here Uh, before you know it before you know it you got it thanks justin all right thanks coach